Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave Severns. Uh, I am the worship pastor here at Compass Point, and today with me is lead pastor Paul Eastwood. How's it going? It's going all right. How are you? All right, we're good. Yeah, we're good. It's... We're uh, three weeks into this new series, and it's been uh, it's been really neat to dig in. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, this is a fun one for me. You and I, um, I mean, you and I kind of talked a lot about this series coming up, but but especially this last week, which was for discovery. Yeah. Um, we kind of collaborated a little more than we did. We did some things a little differently in our service. Um, I'm I'm going to give a little recap from from my perspective, yeah, yeah, and then yeah, you please. can do it from yours. Uh, so. You know, a lot of what we do in church, we, we've only got so much time and we just kind of go through these practices like singing, like prayer. Um, and so we took the opportunity this week. I kind of served as what I said was a field guide. Uh, and I spent a bit of time before we went through everything and kind of explained the reasons why. So why we sang certain songs, um, the meanings of the things, uh, you know, why we pray, why we have a Hey Kids moment. Um, why we have a sermon. Um, we recited the Apostles' Creed this week, which we don't do all the time, but um, kind of the meaning behind some of these historical things. And yeah, kind of to get to get to peel back the curtain a little bit and see what goes into shaping our services and, and why we think it's important to do these things. Yeah, and I love it. I, I love the, I, you know what I, we've been talking about this idea that what we do on on in our weekly services is 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 really a reflection of what we believe. So it becomes kind of a picture of our belief system when you kind of see what we choose to put in and not put in and and how we speak and yeah. how we pray and all that kind of stuff. But I think what what to me was so fascinating that you know that I learned is is listening to to you was the reminder of how much we are learning without actually being taught. Yeah. <laughs> like there are so many things that come to us as we sing these songs, as we pray together and all that stuff, which was just it was remarkable and it was a neat way of kind of stepping back and seeing how all of this is put together and, um, and why it matters. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I kind of live under this, this philosophy that, um, it's not just thinking that shapes us and kind of shapes what we believe. It's actually the practices and the things that we do that shape us. So, so less, I think therefore I am and more, I practice therefore I am. Um, I forget yeah. who is it who said something along the lines of like, I practice myself into belief. Right. Um, and again, not that, not that thinking isn't important because obviously it, it is hugely important. Um, but there are things that we don't fully understand that we engage in and those things shape us, right? Even, yeah. even the importance of weekly worship. I bet most people can't articulate why it is they go to church every week. Yeah. Um, super well. Yeah. Uh, but, but we think it, it is important because it does somehow shape us and change us. And that's so yeah. much of the Bible kind of points us to these, these habits and these things, which, um, Align us to the ways of Jesus. And the point is, of course, not just doing church every week. The point is getting to know Jesus. Yeah. And I think I think one of the, for me, I think, as we've been going through the series and I've been considering the church and thinking a lot about it and reading and, you know, as you have. And one of the things that's been really interesting to me is, is kind of coming back to the passage in the New Testament where Jesus talks about uh, the um, the new wine and the old wineskins. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that this is a passage that we talk about a lot, but when we practice it and live it out, it, it becomes a little more problematic hmm. in the sense that what Jesus was making clear was that what we have, the, the wine itself is good. And it, so the news that we have, the, 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 um, what we have to present about Jesus is absolutely good and amazing. The vessel is just that it's a vessel. Yep. It's not bad. Um, it's just, you know, there are times when you, when, when a vessel just 
just wears out, you yeah. know, whether it's environmental factors or whether it's, you know, whatever it is, there's all kinds of things that allow a wineskin to kind of deteriorate. And so in the same way, that doesn't make the wineskin bad. Does Our church experiences from the past are not bad. No. They're different and they should be different because as we continue to think about ways to, uh, to allow people to understand the good news about Jesus, we have to be creative. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what we do in our services was not established, you know, by God back in, you know, the first century. No. What we do today is totally different. Yeah. And and yet sometimes we hold on to these traditions as if they are the most important thing. So we mm-hmm. look at our service and the things that we do and say, well, unless we have this, this is not a church service. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, where does that come from? Right? That you know, that that only comes from maybe 50 years ago or you know, at most maybe a hundred years ago, but it certainly isn't something that is, you know, um, foundational in, in any other way. It's a vessel. And yeah. And I, like, I think beyond kind of the common elements. So we talked about prayer. We talked yep. about singing together. We talked about hearing from the word. Um, yep. And I think those things have been constants, but like, okay. So I, you know, I know church history and, and music history, especially. Yep. So a lot of people will point to hymns and say, well, we need to sing more hymns. I, I love hymns and we love the organ. Yep. Well, did you know that when the organ was introduced into the church, it was called the devil's squeeze box. <laughs> and then after it kind of gained some acceptance, churches decided they would allow it, but only if they built a, a room on the side of the church, not in the auditorium, not in the sanctuary where they could put the organ because the organ wasn't good enough to be in the sanctuary. Right. And yeah. then, you know, you go 50 years farther and a hundred years ago, every church has an organ. Yeah. Um, and now most churches don't have organs. Yeah. Right. And, and we've switched again and, um, you know, we're not reading music like we weren't were. And sure there's advantages and disadvantages to that, but that's kind of the history. It's, yeah. it's not, these aren't new things that we're doing in the sense that like, changes changes part of the history of the church yeah Um, yeah and that the new wineskins this idea like i i know that when i am older i i expect and i actually hope that worship doesn't look like what it does now right that our church practices actually look different and there will be a part of me that will grieve that i'm sure um, because there's so much that uh you know Things that, that we've, we've done in years past kind of remind us of the good that God has done in the past, but yep. also tempt me into this um, this nostalgia, which isn't actually worship. Yeah. It's it's kind of feeling good about the way things used to be, right? And, and, yep. and we know that, that there's good things in the past we mine and we use, and they're wonderful. For but sure. also, like, our God is a God of new wine and, and new work, and the Holy Spirit is moving and reaching new generations who are communicating in new ways and, like... That that's part of the church and that's good. Yeah. So, so I, I got a couple of questions for you because, yeah. you know, you're um, uh, obviously someone who has a lot of information and, and expertise in this area, but so let's, you talk about the new wineskins and the new thing that's mm-hmm. happening. So why do we use the old? So, you know, what is it about some of these older hymns that, um, that still capture you um, as an artist and, and, you know, how do we use those in the church effectively? Yeah. So, I mean, in my mind, a lot of the old hymns, um, they, they weren't afraid to use more complicated language um, and that can really unpack things artistically. It takes a bit more work to dig into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're because of the structure and because of when they were written, they were used to teach in a way that our songs now aren't in the same way. I, I think our songs still teach, but yeah, I agree. Um, there's, there's some great depth there and just beautiful artistry. And I mean, let's, let's be honest. We have of the hundreds of thousands of hymns that were written over the past hundreds of years, we have a small collection of the best of the best. Yeah. So in the same way that I expect a hundred, 200, 300 years from now, 
um, people might be singing a couple of the songs that we have today. Yeah. So we have some really good ones. And I think, like I said on Sunday, some of the old stuff reminds us that although there are new wineskins and that new structures, our God is the same. Right. So we sang Praise to the Lord, the Almighty. And I made the point that, you know, there have been more than a dozen global pandemics since that song was written. Yeah. Right. And we yeah. right now we're in the midst of one and we feel like, oh, man, like how is this? Yeah. This feels new and different. And we've never experienced anything like that. And for me, singing words that generations before me have sung about our God that are still true. Yeah. Um, even with the thou's and the these and thus and whatever, yeah. you know, uh, it's worth the work for me to dig into those and to be like, right, this is what it means about God. Right. This is who he is. So yeah. I, I think that's why it's worth including those historical songs of our past as well as writing the new ones. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, man, I, I, I hope there are young people here today who hear a song like Praise the Lord, the Almighty, and take some of the essences and truths of it and rewrite it yeah. into a, like a new culturally, culturally relevant, yeah. um, exciting, like fresh wineskin kind of yeah. song. Yeah, that's neat. And then what about the, so on Sunday, we uh, spent some time uh, reciting the, the Apostles' Creeds. So yeah. talk to us a little bit about creeds and, and why that's important in the church. Yeah, so the creeds um, came from a time uh, where, where people, first of all, people weren't literate terribly. Um, they didn't have access to Bible like we did. Um, and they didn't have the ability to, to read and to, to have these texts. So, uh, the, the early church thought it would be best to get together and basically try to boil down what is the core of our faith to the, to the essence of it. Um, and that's, that's where we get the Apostles' Creed, which was kind of one of the first creeds and, and one of the more universally accepted creeds. Um, most, most churches would still hold to those beliefs. So, I mean, if you, if you go on our church website, we've got a section on beliefs. And you can, you can look at it. Um, you can look at the AGC beliefs even, our, our denomination, our, our group of churches. And a lot of the things will align with the creed. Slightly right. different language, slightly, you know, but, but the truths are still the same. Yeah. So it's just a, a neat way, again, to remind ourselves that we are in a long line um, yeah. of churches that believe this. And yeah, there's things in there that are confusing and there's things in there that are using different language. For instance, you may have caught, we, you know, believe in the, the Holy Catholic church. And for a lot of people, red flags go up and they think we're not a Catholic church. Mm -hmm. True. We're not a Catholic church. Catholic churches actually mean something very different, especially after the Protestant Reformation, when the church kind of diverged into Protestant and Catholic. Yeah, which was um, well after the the, well this, after, the Apostles' right? Creed was written. We're talking like 1600s, yeah. the Reformation, and, and the Apostles' Creed was written in the, I think, three 326, mm -hmm. if I'm not wrong, um, which I probably am. Uh, so, so Catholic, actually, if you read the Creed, in not all caps, Catholic is lowercase and church is uppercase. And Catholic just means universal. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's a word, you know, that doesn't translate as well to our context, but it just means that we believe in the church of Jesus. The, the fact that, um, yeah, the, the church is bigger than just our gathering here, right. that there's people who have gone before us in history and people in different parts of the world and different churches that are part of this church of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So that's, that's yeah. why we did that. So, uh, the one other thing I was going to ask you about, cause I, I sort of was reading from a passage from in, um, in Colossians. Mm -hmm. And one of the things it talks about is that, you know, we were teaching and admonishing each other through wisdom. And then it talks about Psalms, hymns, songs from the spirit and singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Yeah. And I just glossed over that. Um, but you know, have you, cause I, you know, some of the reading that I've gone through is just said that, 
yeah, there are lots of ideas here. We don't fully know what these are, yeah. um, but have you seen in a different way or you kind of, uh, you know, just kind of see that as the, the whole kind of gamut when it comes to singing? Yeah. So I, I, I've read a bunch of different books again with a bunch of different translations, Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. It's kind of the old yeah. English translation of that passage. Um, but in my mind, it's, it's the three categories are, they're sort of helpful and there's lots of blur between them. Psalms. Psalms mean, you know, there's, we have in our Bible, a book of songs, a song book called the Psalms Mm -hmm. um, written before the time of Jesus, although full of allusions toward to Jesus and and who he is and what he's coming to do. Um, And things that frankly, if you don't, if you take the, the, the Jewish belief system before Jesus and you read some of these Psalms, they're confusing. They actually Mm -hmm. don't make much sense. They make more sense for us today in light of Jesus. So I think it's really important that we sing the words of the Psalms and we do that in a lot of our modern music, Mm -hmm. um, hymns, not meaning hymns like hymn book hymns, uh, but just written songs, um, songs that, that have been established in our context and songs that we know that speak to these truths. Maybe don't use the exact word of the Psalms, but yeah, just kind of songs that we know together. And then spiritual songs, a lot of people think that actually means more kind of improvised. So, so when we are, um, when we pray in our church, often, sometimes we'll pray with pre-written prayers that, that we have crafted or that we borrow from someone else who's really poured over the words. And sometimes we just pray what comes to mind. Uh, and that spiritual songs is kind of the same thing, but singing. And we're not, you know, our tradition, we don't spend a lot of time doing improvised singing. Um, but sometimes we have a little bit of that opportunity, and I think that's actually what the spiritual songs are on about, kind of words that connect with us, things that God and the Spirit are bringing to us in the moment, uh, which allow us to kind of praise God in our own ways. If all we ever do is borrow someone else's words, um, it's it's harder for us to connect, and it's harder for us, right? Like I can, for lack of a better term, I can fake it pretty well if I never have to do it yeah. myself. Um, so for you that, I mean, that could be sitting down and writing songs like, like, I mean, I've written songs that our church sings and that could be spiritual songs. It could also just be sitting down and singing along with one of your favorite recordings and, and adding some of your own words to it. Um, and just kind of this idea that we both draw on the deep history and these like proven words of God all the way through songs that we know and speak to our context and then songs that are just ours between us and God. Yeah. No, that's that's great. And then I spent some time talking about the uh, uh, the the word, yeah, um, and and how we present it, and it's preached, and it's mm-hmm. taught. And for a lot of people, that's where we think of this idea when we when we allow wisdom or or, or um, the truth about Christ to dwell in our hearts richly, we often immediately think towards the sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we've we've demonstrated already in our discussion that it's not just in the sermon. In fact, there's lots of other places where we where this the the message of Christ begins to dwell in us deeply. But what I talked about on Sunday was this idea of peace as a result of knowledge. The more we know about Jesus, the more we find out about him, the more we learn about him, the deeper the peace in our lives. And I think that's really significant, especially during a pandemic when there's a lot of questions and Mm -hmm. in our, in our world, generally there's lots of worry and there's lots of feelings of anxiousness or anxiety because we just don't have the answers or don't have control. Mm -hmm. And so in order to find peace in our lives, I think one of the things that we can do is to to drive the truth about the message of Jesus more deeply into our hearts. Yeah. And it's reflected in what we do. And one of the things I didn't even mention at all on Sunday was just back to the very last verse of, this, of the passage that we read that talks about anything that we do 
you know, whatever we do, um, uh, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. And, yeah. and that is something that, you know, we didn't quite, um, we didn't quite touch on, but I think that that, you know, tied to this idea of allowing the message to dwell in us. And then this idea of whatever we do, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. What it means is that when things, when we get filled up with something, mm-hmm. it overflows into our life. Yeah. And so it needs to be active. And we've already talked about that so many times about the action oriented um, aspect of our faith. Mm-hmm. And so, so this idea of allowing, um, you know, one of the things that we talked about was this idea of, of truth and how do we understand it and are we closed off to it? Or are we open to it? Yeah. And that I think is is what we were trying to work through a little bit more in the, in this particular message to remind us to, you know, just not close the door to thoughts and ideas that might be different than us, um, mm-hmm. because oftentimes that um, it can lead to uh, it can lead to some pretty um, uh, th- uh, like there's a lot of consequences to doing that. Well, yeah, and I, I mean I think we can all point to the world around us right now, and especially the political world, and and you know say man, we've, it seems like we as a society are more divided than we've ever been. And we're not good at listening to each other. We're good at villainizing those we perceive as our enemies Mm -hmm. um, and the beliefs that we perceive to be wrong without listening to them and without graciously taking them in uh, and without admitting our own faults. And I think actually a lot of the same can be true for when we come to the word, right? If we kind of lock in early on like, this is what the Bible absolutely means. This is who God is. And like, if that fits inside my view of it, I'll take it in. And if it doesn't, I'll reject it. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's, that can be really dangerous, right? I mean, we look at the religious leaders in Jesus's time and that's kind of what happened there, right? They knew the word of God, but what they knew was their version of it. Yeah. And when they came to listen to Jesus, they were coming to listen for what they knew. Mm-hmm. And when they didn't hear it, that's what made them mad, right? So, but if he had, you know, thrown them a bone and said a couple of things that were important to them, they might have felt like, okay, that was a that was a quote unquote good message from yeah. Jesus because it because I agree with it or it lined up with mm-hmm. me. But I think I think that is, you know, for us one of the things that is, I mean, we have to be really careful of the other side as well. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of danger on the other side. Yeah, and I and you know I shared you know I was talking about I had this illustration of a box that you know and and one of the things that really bothered me as I was thinking through this message is that you know we are not called to have um, you know as we look at what the scripture tells us about God there are there are um, there are different ways to understand who God is. We, you know, we, mm-hmm. we hear it through others, through the word, through the Holy spirit. Um, and, and, but we, but there are other sources that are probably not helpful in terms of our understanding of God. Not, not probably they aren't helpful yeah. in terms of like looking outside of, um, of what the Bible talks about and just kind of saying, well, you know, this is what I believe about God, or this is what I believe about God. Mm-hmm. That's not what I was talking about on Sunday. What I was talking about was being open to allowing the people of God to help shape our understanding that is a biblical understanding of God, right? Yep. So it's to help yep. shape our biblical understanding of God. And so that I think is is key to this whole conversation is that, you know, I think a lot of us, when we feel like we've enjoyed the service or we feel like it's a good message, a lot of times um, what we're saying is that I agreed with you. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I would be happy to have people come up to me after the service upset because I've somehow said something that bothered them. Yeah. Um, not because I want to make people upset, 
but because asking questions helps to clarify what we believe. Yeah. I, I mean, some of the, my favorite books I've read, um, when I was going through my master's are, are books that on, on one level I fundamentally disagreed with. Yeah. Um, there's a book that some of our young adults will probably know called the Bible tells me so by Peter ends. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you know Peter ends at all. Uh, he's got some stuff in there that's certainly unorthodox, uh, and some stuff in there I would argue is heresy. Mm-hmm. It's pushing a little bit too far, but he also raises some really good points and really kind of cracks yeah. open this like narrow view of the Bible. Um, so that, that's a book I actually, I would recommend to some people, probably yeah. not if you're brand new in your faith, probably not if you don't know the Bible reasonably well, Yeah. but if you know the Bible reasonably well and you feel like, yep, I've landed, I've got a few, go read Pete N's book and, and wrestle with it and yeah. kind of interact with it. Um, I, I want to ask you a quick question, Paul, about about preaching and about good preaching and bad preaching, um, which is kind of categories that we have. Uh, and we know there seem to be certain individuals who are, you know, gifted preachers and really good. And we have better access to those people than we ever have. Um, and then like, you know, there's kind of week to week preaching and there's intermediate preachers and there's beginning preachers who are just learning and, and probably aren't very good, which is where most of us were when we started. Um, why should I sit through anything but good sermons when I can go and get good sermons anywhere I want? Well, I think that touches on the question of gathering in many ways. Uh, I I believe that there is something uh, unique about a pastor or a preacher or speaker being present with the people that he's speaking to. Mm. Um, so I'll speak from, from the side of the, from that side, first of all, I think what it allows is, uh, a greater feeling of care or concern for, for me as a listener. Mm -hmm. So if I'm sitting and listening to someone, uh, who is in front of me, there is a deeper sense that that person cares about my well being and is encouraging me because at some level there's this familiarity, at least we're in the same room together. Whereas if I'm watching something online, um, I may be able to pick up a couple of good tips or a couple of good ideas, but that person has no idea who I am. Mm-hmm. And there, there's, there's a little bit of a, a disconnect there. On the flip side, I think that what is, you see, good preaching is not necessarily about a few good ideas mm-hmm. or a bit more knowledge. Uh, good preaching is is exhortation, calling people to something and I think that calling people to something happens in the in a relationship, which is why we come together. So to me, I mean, I hope that's not too, you know, kind of up there in the sky. You ask the question, why would I come and sit and listen, um, you know, rather than just kind of going online and finding something else? Yeah. Because gathering with others and listening together gives us the opportunity to expand our understanding Um in, in better ways, because mm-hmm. truthfully, when you go online and you're looking for someone, you're going to look for someone who, you know, talks like you listen, like yep. says things like you like, and, you know, speaks from your vantage point. And so, you know, what I, I think, I think that kind of is the, is the crux of it. And also as, as the, the pastor in the body speaks as part of the church family, they're actually using their gifts and abilities to serve the church. And so by listening, you actually give that person an opportunity to share their gifts and allow in allowing someone to disciple you 
is actually part of what makes the strength of the body so cool because yeah. we're a lot, we're, we're each using um, each other the way that, the, that Jesus taught us to and the way that the Apostle Paul taught us to. Yeah, and I think th- this is part of what, what Christianity has to kind of push back against in our day and age is, is that like, okay, I can go get the best of the best out there, but the best of the best isn't like it, it just because I can get a good set of ideas on the internet doesn't actually mean it makes me better and it doesn't yep. align me to who I am and who God made me to be. Um, I think it's so important that we recognize that like preaching and opening the word is for a people in a time and, and a, a place, place, right? Yep. Like I don't think anyone would argue that Paul is probably the, the apostle Paul, not you, no offense, yep. but probably one of the greatest preachers. I yep. mean, historically, we look at that. Now, if Paul through the miracle of the internet could be with us today and preach, guess what? You wouldn't understand him. He doesn't speak English, right? Like <laughs> yeah. that. And that's important. And yeah. also he would use stories that you don't know. And like, there is something about being in a time and a place with a people that is so important about the church. It's why we gather. And I'm just realizing we're, uh, we're running out of time here. Any closing thoughts for us, Paul? Yeah. I, I just to reiterate what you're saying that you know, I think we ha- we haven't used a word in this entire time that I think is important for people to hear, and it's consumerism. Mm, yep. And I think that that the 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 we do not plan our gathering so that you can leave and say I enjoyed the service. Mm-hmm. We plan our gathering so you leave and say I discovered something yes. about God, and that takes us away from a consumeristic idea to a engagement uh, perspective that I think is so crucial for us to understand as we think about gathering together. I love it. Well, we've got one more week of this Together series. Uh, um, We hope we get to see you or interact with you online this Sunday, and we'll be back next week with more Postscript.